This Tish above, <clears throat> many of us were privileged to hear from the fantastic storyteller of Yoel Gold. In the video called The Weight, I thought it was just very well done and moving, to say the least. And I found myself tearing up, as we should, on this day of reflection, inspiration, and longing. And each of my family members, we were all like sitting on the couch watching it, and we were all moved by some particular story about everyday people who waited for something, whether it was marriage or childbirth or the reunification between two people. But something moved us. So the Medrash Necha Rabbah tells us of a story of a grieving woman in the town of Ramgamliel. And her son unfortunately died young, and she would cry bitter tears over her son every single night. And Ramgamliel, when hearing her tears, would cry himself until his eyelashes would begin to fall out. And the Medrash says that he would cry because when he heard her cry, he would remember the destruction of the base of Mikdash. So if you think of this Medrash, it sounds kind of strange because why would Ramgamliel remember the base of Mikdash in its state of destruction only when he heard this woman's cries? Certainly, we would think that Rabbi Gamliel would be of the caliber of Talmudia Chachamim, who knew how to cry over the destruction of our holy Beis HaMikdash without having to be um, prompted by somebody else's grief. So I thought about this question as I was watching the moving video by Rabbi Gold, and I realized what I probably should already know, and that is that empathy can be learned and taught. And I know many people who have very emotional reactions when they go to visit a very holy place like the Kosel. I personally don't have those reactions, and it always bothered me that I don't, but for some reason it doesn't happen. And I believe that hearing, by hearing the, uh, the tragic stories of others, we are sometimes moved more than tragedies that are more collective in nature, such as the destruction of the base of Mikdash. And psychologically speaking, when we experience a collective tragedy, such as the Horban of the base of Mikdash, we have a dual sense of diffused and confused guilt, grief. The diffused grief is because it's being shared by an entire nation, namely Am Yisrael, and this subconsciously lessens the individual grief that we'd ordinarily feel in the wake of a tragedy. And the confused grief is due to the fact that we see others grieving and we're confused as we can't relate exactly to what they're feeling. So it brought me back about 23 years ago when I was selected to go as a staff therapist on something called the March of the Living. And the March of the Living is an organization that takes teenagers, mostly unaffiliated teenagers, with any uh, traditional Judaism, and they send them to Poland and then to Israel. And it usually falls out between Yom HaShoah and Yom Yerushalayim, so that the kids can get a feel for what it's like to go me'afela the ora, so to speak, from darkness to light, or from a bad place to a good place. And indeed, most of the teens were extremely happy to leave the morbidity of visiting the concentration camps in Poland to go and celebrating in Israel. And one of the boys, I'm going to call him Joe, was a 12th grade student in a Miami public school. And his family didn't practice Judaism in any way, shape, or form. But Joe's grandfather had been a Holocaust survivor, and he never shared any of his experiences with the family and had long abandoned any formal practice of Judaism up until his death. And Joe's father felt that this trip would be an important trip for Joe so that he can see where he came from. And while in Poland, Joe and a girl that he was trying to court had a nasty falling out. And I listened to Joe, and I tried to help him deal with the loss of this relationship. And he was somewhat receptive, and he would sit next to me on the bus rides 
as he saw that he was able to confide in me. And when we arrived in Bergen-Belsen, everyone kind of wandered off on their own for a while. And at some point, one of the bus leaders came running over to me and said that something was really wrong with Joe. He was sitting on the ground without shoes or socks, and he was rocking back and forth. And it seemed like Joe was having some sort of psychotic break, so I rushed out over to um, where he was sitting. And I asked him if everything was okay, and he just totally was non-responsive. And I asked the group who gathered around uh, Joe, they were watching what was going on, I asked them if they could just, you know, go somewhere else. So once I was alone with Joe, I sat for a few minutes and I observed him, and he continued rocking and staring off. So I decided to remove my own shoes and my own socks, and I sat there and stared in the same direction that Joe was staring. And Joe noticed that I was also barefoot, and then he finally spoke. And he told me that he never knew his grandfather, but he did know that he suffered, being that he was the survivor. And since his grandfather never discussed his past, he felt very disconnected. Joe felt very disconnected with the Holocaust, as did his grandfather um, at some point. And when he reached Bergen-Belsen, where he knew his grandfather had been for some time before liberation, he still couldn't feel anything, so he removed his shoes and socks so that he could try to feel some sort of pain. And this is when he had this break, which I didn't deemed to be psychotic, um, because he was just simply trying to feel something. And I told Joe that I never knew either of my grandfathers. And he put his arms around my shoulder, and he cried his first tear with me. And he then helped me to my feet, and we both put on our shoes and our socks, and we rejoined the group. And I remembered this story as I was reflecting on Tishabov, because as I said, you know, this is, uh, as you're realizing now, this is um, a recording that I'm making after Tishabov already happened, but it's good to reflect on. And I was trying to figure out what's going to change me over the next year and hopefully longer. And I think what I hope to do is I hope to be able to be more empathic and to develop a greater capacity to feel. As a writer of stories and Torah thoughts, I, I hope to try to connect with the stories more and to the Divrei Torah in a more meaningful way. And perhaps Ramgamliel was still of a high caliber, but the extra push coming from a woman's grieving cries propelled him to feel collective grief. So I felt the same way as perhaps, you know, Mahavdil, you know, to, to not to compare myself with Ramgamliel, that as Ramgamliel was able to do with hearing the woman's cries over her child, that I hope to be able to pause and slow down before moving on to the next story or the next of our Torah to help let it sink in and therefore, it should become much more meaningful to me. Hopefully, we'll never have to have a Tisha B'Av again, and we can continue to hear stories after stories of wonderful Yeshuos salvation for Claudius Yisrael.